The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Well, Jeff and I figured the best way to uh, ease our pain from this Sunday was talk a little baseball. We are back on the Rotowire Fancy Baseball Podcast, all coming up next. Just say happy Sunday night, everybody, but happy baseball season, everybody. We are back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Scott Jenstead, joined as always on Sunday nights by Jeff Erickson. Uh, not the best day for Jeff or uh, me in the football world today. So uh, we're, uh, you know, if we uh, if we seem a little uh, a little more down than normal, that's uh, that's uh, that's uh, it's not our fault. It's someone else's fault. So Jeff, uh, aside the uh, aside the uh, penalty at the end of the game, there, how are you doing? Ah, uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a hell of an aside, Scott. It's and a it's hell of just... an aside. The so so what's what's worse a penalty like that or losing your quarterback on the first pl- drive of the game and the game penalty is like that over ten easily minutes. a penalty like that I mean Think at so? least you, yeah I mean but like we never like the game was we never I feel like we never played the game no you didn't that's the whole point I, I mean, know but was, like that's just you, you play the whole season like if they go in there and they lose to the Eagles like the Eagles are really good they're on the road like that's fine if Brock struggles and it's you know seventh round pick stuff I get that too but like to not have any idea what ha- would happened in the game is just just so maddening. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I just, I mean, there, there are so many other things, but you know what? They played their asses off. I'm proud of the team. Um, yeah. I, I'm confident in the future, but I also, like, I tweeted this out. I'm haunted by Dan Marino, you know, made yeah. it to the Super Bowl. Amazing year. Like, oh, he's got plenty more to come. Never made it back. It's it's the NFL. It's tough to get back and one or two injuries yeah. that do happen. Um, you know, the Niners were like, oh, they're going to be back right away. And then Bosa tore his ACL and it's like, oh, well, we'll see again. And they, they have gotten back the championship game but boy they just can't get over uh can't get over the top it's uh it was rough it was uh it was, i was hoping for a uh you and i could describe our you know our own little podcast civil war here as we uh right Niner, as Niner we're playing Bengals. to drive to arizona together to go watch the game and hate each other but i uh i did ha- i did have feelers out for that and uh i am uh, i'm rescinding all those feelers now i did not put feelers out i you get yeah, you get, you went last year, right? Yeah, you went last year. Exactly. Though. So, yeah. and I, I think I acted too quickly last year. I probably could have saved a little bit of money, but then again, yeah. Niners fans are a different breed. So, anyways, moving on. We got yeah, let's to uh, let's talk baseball. So, uh, I had a bunch of people that tweet me about you know you guys want to talk about last season because I think our last podcast was like four days left in the season. I was I don't know second or third overall, but it kind of uh, assumed I wasn't going to win it. But a lot of people asked me you know how that how that worked out, how do I feel about it? Because I was pretty down. I think our last. Boy, it's a common theme, me being down on our podcast. But uh, mm-hmm. so I just uh, thought a little bit, a little uh, 20, uh, 22 post mortem. Uh, you ended up winning your main event league, right? Your first win, right? No, right? 
I, oh, I win. didn't win the league. No, oh, you won, I didn't you won win your primetime football league. Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, I won primetime football. I, I finished third in both of my mains. Uh, so I cashed. Yay. Cashed in both. That was good. But, you know, I went from third overall to third in my league. So, Ugh, yeah. Yeah, that is – because there was, a, there was a time, like a month left. I think we're both top ten or at least right in there. And uh, it was mm-hmm. – I was looking fun. September was uh, – September was bad. So – um, I still finished fourth overall, won a lot of money, more money that someone should win playing fantasy baseball. So it's hard to really be, uh, be too upset, but, um, I was pretty down the money. Uh, the money was big, but you know, it's obviously a lot of money. You can't downplay that, but like, I really wanted to win more than anything. I've, you know, I've been playing this for a lot of years. I really want to win a main event, both for, uh, you know, the money, both for winning it, both for everybody seeing you win. It's just like one of those things that I, I would say, you know, a goal to win one of those and to be that close. I think I was in first overall with 10 days left, maybe five days left. Um, it's tough. Cause you don't like. Like football teams, you just never know when you get back. It's really hard to get back there with that little time left. Yep, yep. And, you know, I think the lesson I learned is I played for the overall too soon. Okay. Um, I think that might be it. I mean, it might just been my my hitter. I had the wrong hitters on the stretch too. But I was chasing saves. And, you know, I, I we talked all along and how I was a little light on them. I thought I could make up some ground in the overall in saves. However... You know, giving, you know, you know, I, I think that the trade-off was, you know, by doing that, I, I put some lesser pitchers in Ian Kennedy um, and, you know, got lit up a couple of times and didn't get those saves. And I wasted chances to get K's and wins yeah. and all that. And, you know, so it goes. So I didn't cash in the overall. I mean, I, I think I was in a couple of the stronger leagues. You were in one of the, one of your two was super strong as well, yeah. as far as leagues go. Um and I lost ground. And, you know, the thing is, they don't give up either. They're picking up players, too. And yep. they're, they're, they're probing at weaknesses or trying to improve themselves. And, you know, I, I think I, I spent too much time on that and not enough on everything else. So would you say that you'd wait longer to, to concentrate on the overall and focus on your league a little longer? I mean, it's tough because you get you get that chance at overall. Like, you, you sometimes you just got to take it. I mean, there's so much money that goes in that prize. It's a huge prize, a lot of overall money. Um, do you regret doing it or you regret it just didn't, it didn't work out, uh, well, it's, yeah, it's a hard, I mean, that's it's a, a good question. It's a hard, it's a hard, like hard fence right there. I don't know what side you jump on. Yeah. I, I think that's a really, really tough question because ha- if you wait until September to try to catch some saves, it's probably too late. You know, yeah. I mean, that that's the whole point. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I regret my identification of who, who could close, uh, who could close. Uh, Jimmy Herget though. I mean, he, he, he's like emblematic of my, uh, uh, that was, that was mad. Your Herget up and down was maddening. Yeah, because he got all the saves after I cut him, yeah. uh, and before I picked him up, and and pitched pretty well. It's just they weren't like uh, they weren't tossing him in there. But so my biggest lesson is just how badly I handled like the kind of whole last three or four weeks. Like I made baseball not fun for me, which is just utterly stupid, immature, yeah. pathetic. Like I just handled it terribly. It's not like I. I hate it. It's just, I, I like stopped watching games. Cause like, I don't want to watch my pitcher get lit up. I'll just check the scores later. And I kind of ruined baseball for myself the last three weeks. It was not fun. And I was just so dumb. Cause I do this for fun. I know it's a lot of money and I wanted to win, but like the whole fun of winning would be watching your players do well. That's what I enjoy doing. Um, so my biggest lesson is if I get up there again, I'm just not going to handle it. Like a, I don't know. I don't know what the word is for it. Probably something I can't Curmudgeon. use here, but curmudgeons are really good. I'm, I'm curmudgeonly enough as it is, but I've really ramped yeah. it up and like, I was just, I, I, it was weird. Cause I was like, I don't want to watch this game and then be in a bad mood later, but like how it's just not fun at all. Like it just, I made the last two weeks not fun. And I really, I really regret that. Cause being up there should be something that's really hard to do. and something you enjoy. And I enjoyed zero of it. And I would, uh, I would definitely change that next time around. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good call. Um, just remember what we're here for and all that blah, blah, yeah. blah. And 
Yeah, uh, but you know, it, it's easy to. I mean, but then again, when you fly that close to the sun, I, I can understand. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I, is, my, my first thought was like, what did I do wrong, or what could I have done better? And I looked, and like my pickups were still pretty good. My my top hitters just died. Like it just, I had, I had got, and I would never would have benched them. So like, it's hard to fault it, but you look at like uh, my top five hitters, four of them, Jose Abreu had one home run after August 3rd last year. Uh, wow. Bobby yeah. Witt hit zero home runs after September 3rd. Uh, Mookie Betts hit 222 in September with zero steals. I knew and that. Rafael Devers hit two home runs in September after hitting a buck 63 in August. So Abreu, Devers, and um, Witt had two home runs total the last three and a half weeks of the season. Like I just, yeah. looking back, like there was no way, A, I was sitting those guys. It's not, it was never going to happen. And B, there was no way I was competing in home runs in RBI. That's where I fell. I wasn't competing enough to where they were. So I just, it's hard to really blame my moves as much as maybe just, you know, caught some bad breaks. I could have made some other moves too. Obviously you always want to do better, but um, I was never sitting those guys and they all died. So it's kind of, I, I, right. I kind of let myself off the hook a little bit once I looked a little deeper at how bad their Septembers were. Yeah. And where you, uh, and where you got those guys, I mean, for four months of the season, you were doing self high five here. I mean, oh, for sure. you were feeling yeah. pretty good about yourself. I mean, really good. So goes, you know, it kind of, you know, it, it's, you know, it goes, you know, you get goes sure. with the territory. You get the, it's just, the, it's all about the timing. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not up there in September. If it's not for those four guys being really good the first four months of the season, you're right. So, but uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, those, I think the lesson is just kind of how to deal with stuff. And I, I mean, making baseball and making fantasy baseball not fun is just utterly stupid. It's just, uh, it's a horrible way to deal with it. And we're here to have fun. I love this as a hobby and, you know, I have family and other work, like to make this thing, make it not fun. I think it was just, I just handle it really badly. And I, I regret that uh, pretty, pretty largely. Luckily, you didn't take it out on others. I, I don't. I don't think you did. At least, uh, so. uh, I didn't. I had a couple of. Uh, I had a couple of DMs back and forth. People where I complained and stuff, but I tried to keep it. Uh, I tried well, to yeah. keep my. I tried to keep I my text, yeah, yeah. I tried to keep the venting to you know people I like and know that uh, you know also played, but I like, didn't complain about it to my wife or other friends that don't care right. about it. So I was I was good about that, but uh, yeah, I just didn't. Uh, I just not making it fun. Just uh, I, I regret that a lot. Yeah. So how is uh, how is twenty twenty three looking for you? Are you drafting yet? Uh, where, what kind of uh, where are you at right now? Because I am uh, a lot of people know I usually um, I'm a late prepper. Uh, I usually actually start prepping the day after today. I usually wait like NFC AFC championship games. I usually uh, kind of in football mode, basketball mode. Not I just kind of take a break from baseball. Like tomorrow's usually the day I jump back in. So I've done uh, I've done a lot of uh, you know breaking down players and that sort of thing. But where do, where do you fall right now? Um, I have completed the XFL, uh, one gladiator league, two NFBC fifties, and I'm, uh, deep into, uh, a, uh, Arizona fall league, DC speak, you know, DC fall league speakers, uh, league. But you guys uh, draft that in, you guys draft that in like November, the first part, right? No, no, that's a different one. Uh, gotcha. This one okay. is just the speakers and we do a slow draft beginning oh, nice. in late January. So, okay. uh, yeah, we're, we're like 40 rounds into that. Uh, so you're you're fairly uh, fairly fresh and early, and you haven't done a ton. You've done obviously more right. than me. I still but, don't uh, feel prepared. Yeah. By the way. I, I I even though like you know I'm doing projections and you know writing articles, I still don't feel prepared yet. It's going to take another month till I really feel like I'm right. a player. You wouldn't now. feel great if you got to sit down and make your pick in 60 seconds right now. I, I would not want to do a main event right yeah. now. Yeah. You and uh, you and me both there. So what is uh what does draft prep look for you right now? What uh, what are you kind of doing to get uh, get yourself ramped up for March? Uh, honestly, drafting is kind of a good thing because it, uh, battle tests my projections. Um, merely, frankly, talking about it every day helps me, Yeah, you know, that's the thing. And we're starting to talk more on Sirius XM, uh, full-time baseball, like on 
February 20th, I believe, is when we switched to days. But I should as, notice, are you guys back in the mornings yet? Where, where that's are we when at? we switched to daytime okay. in the gotcha. mornings, okay. yeah. Nice. Um, so we're, we're still nighttime for another three more weeks. But, okay. uh, you know, and we'll be mixing in uh, baseball and football and basketball right. talk and all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's going to ramp up. But, you know, obviously we're doing the podcast now. That's going to be great. Uh, yep. You know, th- that that's that's amazing. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's going to be uh, – you know, that, that's going to help. And just, just writing, just projecting, just, you know, we got, we're going to do a set of round table rankings. That's really going to force me to up my game. I feel like, uh, I feel like your friend Peter Shanky is trolling us a little bit saying it's good timing that our NFL teams are eliminated and we're doing the podcast immediately after. I'm going to, ref- he's a Vikings fan. I'm going re- to say, I was going to refrain from all Minnesota commentary at this point. So I just, yeah. I didn't want to get myself or uh, anybody else in trouble. So uh, thanks for that, Pete. Uh, Anthony Gialdi jumped in the chat too, saying some nice things. So we always appreciate that. We, uh, we love to see uh, him right there. Um, yeah. So prep for me is uh, I, I dig in pretty good on, uh, I go player by player. Um, I don't do, uh, I don't do a lot of like studying the projections, but I look at each player, look at their ADP and then I'll look at, uh, you know, what, what they did last year, what they did this year. And I, I'm mostly looking for guys I think are over or undervalued in drafts. I'm not a, I'm not a, I don't do my own projections like, yeah, like you do. I obviously benefit from some of the work you do and, uh, the bad X and steamer and that kind of stuff. So I look at those, but, uh, I go player by player. So I need to, I need to start getting going pretty yeah. soon. Cause it's a, it's a long process. It's an enjoyable process. Though. I really like, I like prep. So I like to wait and not burn myself out, but I do enjoy kind of, that's where Digging I uncover guys. Yeah. I, that's where I uncover guys. I really want to draft or not draft. And we always talk about how ADP and group think and everybody kind of settles in, but I think in baseball, um, that's not nearly as much case like football by the end, like everybody's drafting the exact same list and it gets pretty boring, but baseball, there are always guys that, uh, you know, are going early that I don't want no part of. And there's always guys that are going late. I do want to draft. So I think that's what makes fantasy baseball so great. Yeah. Um, and you don't do projections. But you do rankings, right? Of some sort. You, you yeah, use I mean, players you like. I do. You know, yeah, it, I, whether it's not a, you know, it's not like a strict ranking, but right. at the same time, you're you're formulating who you want, who you like in this group, who you like in that group, yeah. group, and all that. So yeah, I mean, I've got to know when we get to my pick who I like more than others. So yeah, right. I, I I'm mostly in tiers, and you know, on my sheet, I bold who I want, and I obviously, you know, so much of my baseball is, you know, who, who you draft next is based on who you drafted already. So mm-hmm. um, a lot goes into that, but yeah, by the time we get to draft day, I'll have a pretty good opinion on, you know, every, every draftable player. I don't go quite as deep as some of the DC people. I don't go 50 rounds, but you know, that top four I'll have a pretty good opinion on, uh, on how I feel about most of those guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I'm catching up with like the Zach Waxman's of the world who have done like 55 yeah. DCs and 27 other gladiator drafts. Uh, gladiator, by the way, for those people who don't know what that is, it, it, you can't do it anymore. They're done. But uh, NFBC rolled this contest out, 23 players drafted, period. No reserves. Oh, right, yeah. No, no free agents, no roster management whatsoever. Just draft. Um, it's fun. It's, it's, it's not even best ball. It's one team. Um, and I think Zach was one of the people that kind of came up with the concept on like on a message board. And I am not, I, I, forgive me for not mentioning everybody else that was part of it there, but it's a fantastic idea. I did one of them. It was a blast. I think it's a, it's just great to like those people in November and December that want to draft. It's just it's, it's you scratch that itch really well. You get in and out pretty quick. It's fun. Um, you don't manage it later, so you're not worried about doing too many of them or that kind of thing. But it, it sold out fast too. They did really well. Uh, they did really well with that contest. Yeah, they did. Um, and they didn't want to keep it going and have another one because it would kind of eat into the DCs as well. Yeah, I, I think the, the DCs probably got a little bit slow because those people that really had that itch to draft usually jump into DCs and they go do a gladiator that did that instead. Uh, uh, Pete Shanky has another comment. He said that every uh, all the experts hate Michael Harris. 
Uh, well, that may be true. Drafters do not. His his ADP is 27 right now, so he's going late second round. Um, popular guy. Where are you on Michael Harris, Jeff? Well, yeah, and the the the, the experts are pushing back against the it, that very much that very ADP. Yeah. So exactly. I get it. Um, there's a concern about platoon splits. There's a concern about strikeout rate. Um, and he had a high Babbitt last year. These are all three valid concerns. It also gets power and speed. Uh, he, he even adjusted in the last month of the season. Batting order seems better than it was last year. Uh, also, I mean, age to level. I mean, he did this at such a young age. You got to be impressed with that. Um, I wouldn't do you, be surprised. Do you worry about uh, do you worry about a couple slow weeks and he maybe ends up hitting six and they they kind of swap him and Ozzy Alves? Sure, and I think they might do it even like on a platoon sort of basis. Anyhow, yeah. I mean Alves is better. I think typically against lefties, so you know I would I would I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that happens. Yeah. Uh, that said, I mean yeah, I mean I, I I'm very loyal to him. You know he he was yeah. I picked him up in one of my two mains last year, picked him up in a couple other leagues, and he was massive. Yeah. Uh, so 19, yeah. 19 home runs, 20 stolen bases, and only 114 games. I mean, that was uh, as good as a pickup as we had last year. Yeah, I'll tell you that. Do you, uh, This is a, just a general concept. Um, do you have a hard time with, like, being loyal to a player that did well for you like this and then maybe overvaluing the following year? I do. Like, I used to have the problem of like holding a grudge against guys who are bad for me. I got rid of that, but I still have the, I still have the, uh, the, the, the loyalty to guys that were good. And I need to get rid of that too, a little bit. Cause obviously every year changes the ADP is different years are different, but yeah, there's been, there's been many times where I'm like, Oh, this guy was great for me last year. I want him back. And uh, yeah, something I've tried to get rid of, but I still have it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I do that, you know, your password here is Dansby as far as that goes, but sometimes it pays off. Your password um, here is Nelson.cruz. Yes, yes, exactly. It used Which to paid be off, uh, paid off for many years, by the way. But uh yeah, yeah. last year was last year was a little When's rough. he ever had a bad year? Oh wait, he just had a bad year. Well, I was gonna come at some point. Now, but, now yeah. he's a value. Now yeah, he's I, a value for it. Yeah, I like when he signed in San Diego, right? Yeah. Um Kyle and he had eye surgery too. Kyle oh. Hendricks used to be one of those type of guys where I, you know, I was loyal to him because he he, he he repaid my love. Yeah. Um, and and Dansby, I mean, he's not really that expensive yet. Um, he's switching teams, so you know, pick seventy seven since January first. Yep. Um, and I know we're going to do new play, new faces and new places, so I, I won't go too much into that. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 easy to hang on to that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, just have to dig in the fundamentals and see if there's a, a monster lying under the bed. Yeah, I think that's a lot of a lot of the fun is this. We have so many numbers and so many things, and trying to figure out who's going to be that breakout guy is what makes the makes this podcast fun, makes the season fun. What are you planning on drafting? Are you doing? Uh, you we'll see you back in uh, Vegas for the main event. Are you doing what? Uh, what's kind of your? Uh, well, you know, you overall will. plan because I'm going with you. So oh, yes, all right. we'll see well, me. Welcome, welcome aboard. Right. I, I thought that we kind of talked about that. It, um, I've we've booked the hotel already. Shoe and I. Nice. I, I hope there's room for both Shoe and me, uh, but. Uh, and I, I thought we we're talking about Vlad coming up with us too, perhaps. Um, uh, yeah, usually I don't, uh, I don't know fully, but I imagine that's the case. And hopefully, we're gonna play yeah. some golf on Friday too. Yeah, that's that's the goal. I might have to do my home league on Friday night. We'll see what happens with that. We're trying anything, to find anything get me out of the casino during the day on Friday is a really good thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'll be doing three mains this year uh, because oh, I'll nice. do the I'll do the one that's the company based that you and I always buy into a second. But then I right. won an entry too last year in the oh, nice. uh, the 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 uh, 
DFS contest that they run. Oh, um, that's right. So, I do remember that. That's awesome. So yeah. you're doing three. Does that mean you're going to do less like online or less other things? You're just going to add another team in the mix. Hi, I'm Jeff. I never <laughs> say, I never do. I say I should do less and never do. In fact, I'm probably going to add a uh, industry league because it's in Vegas uh, for the industry conference. It's in person. I'll be there. So I had that's in gotten Vegas rid too, of right? that league and now it's pulling me back in. Yeah. It's also in Vegas. That's nice. in mid February. So, uh, I think I'll probably be doing that draft too, but yeah, I'll probably do at least two OCs. Uh, maybe I, I won't sign up for as many uh, DCs. I don't know. Uh, we'll see about that. Yeah, lots to, lot to sort out. I, I haven't figured mine out yet. I've signed up for two main events. Uh, I want to do that before the end of the year, so I signed up for two. I might do a third and pull back on my onlines. I just, uh, it's uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do totally, but uh, I'm going to try and uh, try and figure that out. But definitely two main events. I'll be there in uh, Vegas. Hopefully, uh, everybody that's listening, if uh, you know, if I can't, I can't recommend that trip enough. If you ever uh, can get out there for a main event, you happen to draft online or in New York or whatever it may be. Uh, if you get out to Vegas, it's a really uh, it's a really fun weekend. It's uh, a lot of good people and a lot of fun times. Exactly. Um, so what we talked about, uh, you said new faces and new places. Let's jump into uh, some kind of fun fantasy impacts of all these guys that have uh, been traded or signed uh, since you and I uh, last spent some time together talking baseball. Um, I kind of broke these down in some, in some categories here. Stud pitchers, uh, shortstops, because there was a whole bunch of those. And then kind of some of the other big signings and some of the lesser ones and some trades. But um, let's start with the stud starting pitchers. Uh, I grouped these as uh, Carlos Rodon signing with the Yankees, six years, $162 million. Jacob DeGrom, five years from 185 in Texas, and Justin Verlander, two years for $86 million in, uh, in, uh, in New York with the Mets. Uh, how do you feel about Rodon going to, uh, going to the Yankees? ADP right now is 47, obviously coming off a really good year in San Francisco last year, 288 ERA, 103 whip on 107 innings. Uh, where are you on Rodon at this, uh, this new elevated price? Um, positive. Um, I, I do like that he is going to be, you know, I, I think he's, in, in Yankee Stadium, it doesn't hurt him as much as a right-handed pitcher might. Um, yeah. I, I think that's part of it. Uh, I think the uh, balanced schedule should help. We're, we're putting together an article. I'm hoping to be done with it maybe later tonight. Since, um, since you mentioned that, explain uh, explain that for me just so they know uh, how okay. that works. So it used to be you play 19 games against your division, right? right. Um, every team in your division. Now you're taking games out of your division, still more in your division than elsewhere, but you're playing at least one series against every team in the league. Including uh, in, including interleague, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. okay. Now, it's not guaranteed to be home and away for every team. Right. Uh, but you're guaranteed once every other year to go to a, some, another team's ballpark, every, every team's ballpark. And I think it's, is it 46 interleague games? You play three against every team and then four against your quote-unquote rival? Yeah, something like that. Um, and... That's a, so, lot. That's, a, that's a lot of internet games for sure. It is. Well, and that's, you have to have, I mean, it, it kind of reflects, I mean, this whole 15 and 15 thing, there's always got to be at least one yeah. interleague series right yeah. now um, until they do expansion, which they're going to do at some point to get to 32. But until then you, you kind of have to anyhow. So you might as well just steer into it. And I, 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 it speak, the fairness aspect of it is good. I think, I mean, you should have to face, you know, every team, at least a little bit there, I feel like, because, you know, there's some differences in the divisions. I mean, you know, the NL Central's got soft underbelly teams. The, you know, the, you know, the, it's AL Central at some years too. Uh, and so, and meanwhile, other teams are a little bit uh, tougher as far as that goes. Other leagues or other divisions are tougher. Um, honestly, I wouldn't mind getting rid of the whole divisional concept even. Just take, the five best teams in the American league, the five best teams in the national league and not have divisional winners. I, I, 
be fine with that. Um, that way, the teams that win the most, especially now that we're playing a balanced schedule, um, they, they're the ones that have the higher seeds. It looks like it's, it's gone from 76 divisional games to 52. That's a that's a really big chunk. Yeah, it is. And almost team. almost all those go to straight to interleague games. So it seems like it went from divisional to interleague is where the real the swap goes. It's uh, other intraleague games uh, are pretty much stayed about the same. But that's a that's a big chunk out of divisional games. You're right. That's the whole uh, the whole uh, the central and the, we always avoid the ALE stuff like that. Definitely goes out the window a little bit. It does. So maybe you bet, it helps like Baltimore players or Toronto yeah. players a little bit. Um, conversely, I think every single person's mentioned Shane Bieber, someone that gets hurt by it a little bit there. Uh, but how about Milwaukee pitchers? How about uh, Cardinals? You know, and, and they're hitters on those teams. I mean, you, you just lost a slew of games against the Reds and Pirates. Yeah. And their yeah. pitching staffs. Yeah, no, it uh, it definitely matters, and there's we, we, there's other new rules. We're talking about the new uh, the new bases uh, may affect stolen bases. I don't know how much. The, obviously, it went way up in the minors with the, that and the pitch clock combined. Right. Uh, it seems weird to me that adding that much length or that much size to the base makes that much of a difference, but it definitely did in the minors. Um, so we've got uh, we definitely have some changes. We don't know what the heck is up with the ball. Which is probably the most important thing that we just can't quantify at all because it was you know crazy in 2019, then dead last year, and it's just uh, that's a hard one to figure and. Um, so we won't know there. But uh, going back to Rodon, um, obviously you, you mentioned the thing with the left. You were really good last year, 33% K rate, uh, 7% walk rate. The key thing for me with him is 55 starts last two years. The guy that we always worried about you breaking down. He was always getting hurt when he was in the White Sox. And you know, swing strike rate is, is 14%. More than anything, he's taken the mound last two years. And that's 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 the key, which, which has really made him valuable. I'm old enough to remember when the uh, White Sox didn't tender a contract to him. Because reasons yeah. uh, didn't, didn't want to get, you know, didn't even want to have an offer and a matching offer, I guess, as the case is. Uh, I'm forgetting the exact type of term because I'm not in the right mindset, but uh, <laughs> didn't offer him a contract, basically. Didn't, yeah. you know, uh, you know, when when he could just accept and all that, let him walk instead, got no compensation for him. So good job, White Sox. At the at the three, four turn, if you need a pitcher, pick, pick 47. How do you feel about Rodon at the ADP this year? Fine. Fine with it. I mean, I he's too. on a good team. Um, ballpark that's not completely, utterly deadly to lefties. Yep. Uh, he throws harder than anybody in baseball. He's had his health issues, and he still could have that again. But yeah, I'm I'm on board. I'm. I think he's he's at yeah he's at 45 now. Um, no, I just since January first. I, I thought I did January first, but I might be a little bit off there. Okay, but uh, okay, so 45, 47, whatever. Same yeah, thing. Same thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's he or Verlander just slightly ahead of him or Scherzer right behind him. That's interesting. I, I think the order is correct there. I think the, I would take those three in that particular order. So since you mentioned Verlander, let's jump into him before we talk about DeGrom. I mean, insane 2022. And then one that yeah. you know, a lot of people liked him, but like he missed uh, what he pitched six innings in 2020, missed all of 2021, just comes out and goes 175 innings, 175 ERA, 0.83 whip, just an Utterly absurd year, whatever he was, 38 years old. Um, K rate was 28%. Walk rate was under 5%. Uh, how do you feel about him uh, in the new uh, the new spot here, uh, bouncing back off that uh, the Cy Young year? Uh, I mean, obviously, everybody expects, I think, you know, something in between, like, you know, more innings but less proficiency, I think yeah. would be a realistic projection expectation. I mean, my God, he did this at his age. I think that's the thing that's so amazing to me. After missing two years. I know. It's crazy. Um, this guy's had like three career resurgences. It's a, it's a while. I mean, obviously, he's a all-time pitcher, but like there's, spot, there's been multiple spots where we thought Justin Verlander was done, and he just yeah. uh, 
all he's done is bounce back and be utterly elite a couple times. So it's uh, it's been a pretty wild uh, little up and down career there. Yeah, I, I agree. I, honestly, I think his his price is a little light. Um, he's the thirteenth pitcher off the board uh, of those. There's one one closer, I think, if, if I'm counting right. Uh, Diaz, oh two in, in Classe right there. Yeah. So he's the eleventh starter off the board. I feel like that's a little late. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go up once he shows like. I don't know when, when he needs to show that he's not compromised at all. I guess, you know, he didn't pitch well in the, in the World Series. Maybe that is a harbinger of something. I don't know, but I, I would take him over Cease. I would take him over McClanahan. Um, I, was about, I was about to say all day for me over uh, over Dylan Cease. As someone who had Dylan Cease last year, I worry about that uh, the last couple of months. He was not the same guy late in the season. Yeah, I think I'd probably take him over Woodruff, too, because of the problems that Woodruff had health-wise. I mean, I know he finished fine, but... I don't know. I mean, yeah, you know, so I mean, the thing is, I probably, I, I, I think all star, I, you know, right now, I think the price on starting pitchers is light. Um, I that, think when we that get will, the main that won't last, yeah, the main and main event inflation is going to kick in, but it, I, it won't be, it won't reach stages of previous years, though. Um, no, I, I think that there was, uh, there were so many teams they were last year with heavy offensive builds early that I think, I don't think it'll hit, hit quite the, the same uh, helium as it is before, too. I agree with you there. Right now, there's only one pitcher that's got a first round price, uh, in ADP, uh, at least in, in if you I go assume, by the I assume that's Corbin Burns. No, it's Shohei. Oh, you're <laughs> thinking of question. There you go. There you go. That was a trick um, question. Per, uh, Burns is Burns, uh, is, Burns 16, is at six, yeah. yeah, 16. Garrett Cole's at like 19. Um, yeah, I think both those guys graduate up, uh, but we'll see. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. 
That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Uh, so if you go up a couple spots from the Verlander-Rodon uh, range, we get Jacob DeGrom right around the 2-3 turn of 15-team. Our ADP is 29 and a half, somewhere in there. Uh, the, the issue with DeGrom is never performance. It's always innings. Uh, 92 innings in 2021, 64 last year. Uh, you know, the numbers are obviously elite. There's not much to talk about there. Carey was 43% last year, just utterly absurd. 3.3% walk rate. Swing strike rate was 21%, which you don't see except for maybe some closers here and there. Um, what the heck do you do with this one? He signed for five years, 185. I was surprised by the years. I thought he might be like a really high-level three-year contract, but uh, Texas went in for five uh, what the heck do you do with DeGrom at his ADP? Are you even considering it? Is he uh, no thanks to me at the price? I'll let someone else take the risk. Where do you fall on him? Closer to the latter, I think. I'm not like uh, – part of me feels like I should have at least one share, but part of me realizes that that, that mentality is dangerous too because yeah. uh, FOMO – it's basically FOMO. Um, I don't know. I, I, just Here's the thought exercise though. What do you think year-wise he would have gotten? And what, what sort of contract does he get if he doesn't have the last two years that he did injury-wise? Oh, it's freaking massive. Right? Yeah, um, like a ten, like 10 and 400 or something? Yeah, somewhere. Maybe like yeah, – maybe, maybe pitchers never get that. Maybe like eight, 8 and 325, something like yeah. that. But it would be uh, – it would have been huge. I mean, he's just utterly lights out. I mean, look at you look at 2021, 19 innings, but 1.08, a 0.55 whip. I don't think I've ever seen a starting pitcher. That's just absurd. It's, it's insane. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. You're, if you watch him pitch, it's fun to watch, but you're literally waiting for his arm to explode in every pitch. It's just, it's a stress. It's a stressful watch for sure. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I think the Rangers are going to be more competitive this year. They're p- certainly buying players like they sh- want to be. Um, that's a big jump though, to get to, you know that so, and we play with wins. That's why why their, I mentioned that. Their lineup is still weirdly really bad at the bottom half, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now you look at roster resource. They have Jonah Heim hitting fifth. Like it's just I know they've spent on their and their on their top guys, and they got some good players in there. But it's uh, they're not deep at all. They're uh, I don't know. I don't I don't think they have a chance of competing with the Astros, and I don't think they have a chance of competing with the Mariners either. Yeah, and the Angels uh, Angels have gotten yeah. better too. Yeah. I, I, I am looking at that lineup, and you've got Brad Miller, Josh Smith, and Leody Tavares as listed as possible starters. I have Heim batting six in my own mind, but uh, you know, that that's Jeff Resource, and that's not usually as accurate. But uh, <laughs> is that but, is that Josh Josh Young Josh Jung hitting fifth? Yeah, I, I think Young passes. He him. was he was truly horrendous last year. He showed signs, but yeah, the K's were terrible. I, like, mean, I think it's almost 40%. Okay, I had to look it up. Yeah. I think it was like near 40%. But first time up, it's hard to hold against him. Obviously, he's a huge prospect. You think a, a few weeks in, if he's hitting well, he'll, he'll jump high. But I just, I was surprised for a team that's obviously spent big on some guys lately, you know, Semyon and Seeger and DeGrom. Uh, they still have nothing in the bottom half of their lineup. I know. And it's crazy. Heim was actually good for a while. For a while. Plus, you don't know when they're going to get Garver back. That's the other yeah. thing. Um, that change and he, he's actually when healthy again, he's like when healthy, I know, but uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe he doesn't. You know, they say he's supposed to be ready for the start of spring training, we'll see. Yeah, it's uh, they're an interesting team. Uh, let's talk about the shortstops. There's uh, you know, I think last year and this year were the, were the big shortstop years. Last year yeah. was Seeger and Javier Baez, and there was, a, there was someone else in there that I'm free. Oh, Lindor, obviously. Um, and then this year we have we had Trey Turner tra- change teams from the Dodgers to the Phillies. Uh, Xander Bogarts kind of surprisingly a lot of people went from Boston to the Padres. 
Carlos Correa was obviously the most absurd uh, free agent thing in the market where he signed with the Giants, then it didn't work out, then the Mets didn't work out there after the physical. Ended up going back to Minnesota, which I think was probably last on the list of where we thought he'd end up to start this whole thing. And then mm-hmm. your boy Dansby Swanson, uh, 7 for 177 in Chicago. Um, I don't think there's much to say with Trey Turner. The guy's awesome. Right now, he is the uh, he's the number one pick off draft. His ADP is about 2.4 shows. that There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of range at the top. I think there's one, two, three. There's like seven guys that have been picked first overall in the, since since January first. So we've got a uh, we have a more fluid uh, top five than we have in years past. But are you uh, are you a Trey Turner one, number one guy, or where do you fall on Trey at the moment? Yeah, I am. Um, I think you can make a case for Judge, uh, but even though you know everything, you know the, the regression monsters are screaming at me, but at the same time, I mean he was so clearly head and shoulders above everybody else. I, I do think maybe stolen bases are a little easier to find this year than they have been in previous years because of the new rules. Uh, but yeah, Turner's still number one for me. It's close. Do you Acuna's find yourself, also got a case. Do you find yourself making a case for Julio at all? I think I can see the case for it. I'm not making it, but I can see it. I'd like to be third or fourth and someone, three people in front of me, not make the case and get them third or fourth. Yeah. Because it is, uh, it's it's a freaky line. You look at the fifty percent hard hit rate. All that stuff is is really fun with Julio. But yeah, but are you I, taking him one? Since you, you asked the question, you did get a number one slot last year in the main. So. I did. If I were picking today, I would probably take Julio one. But that's without a lot of uh, a lot of research and stuff. But I, you know, position wise and stuff, I don't know. I don't know where the depth is quite yet in the player pool. But I think I'd go Julio one at the moment if I had to pick. If you had to, if you threw me in a draft right now, I think that's what De- depth in player pool doesn't matter in the first round. Yeah, that's true. Think. Yeah, I don't care about an outfielder shortstop there. I just think that, I mean, talking about a guy who's 22 and went 28-25 last year, I know the stolen bases fell off, but he actually hit really well late in the year last year. Like, I knew the stolen bases fell off, and the fact that he didn't, didn't fall off hitting-wise shows me a lot. I think that team is up and coming. Um, he drops the strikeouts a little bit. He could be a total monster, including the batting average. I think that uh, it'd be hard for me not to click that one there. I get I get the other cases. I get, uh, you know, Trey was, what, uh, 21-27 last year. Do you have any kind of feel for how much you think he runs in Philly? Because I think that's the that's the, that number, the stolen base number, is probably determines whether he's worth that number one pick or not. Um, I don't feel strongly about that because I mean we don't have a whole lot of data on what Thompson does and does not like yeah. as a manager. Um, and you know, frankly, Philly had a lineup that just didn't what wasn't a running lineup. But at the same time, uh, just as one example, I mean, Kyle Schwarber had ten stolen bases yeah. last year. Harper got his ba- his share of bags. Um, they just don't have that many fast guys. I mean, Castellanos isn't going to run. Um, Hoskins isn't a runner. You know, you get Real Muto ran too. Actually, now yeah. that I'm thinking about it, I think I think Turner's going to run. Real Muto really ran. He had 21 bags last year. Yep. Do we think that uh, Turner leads off to start? I would think so, right? Turner, Schwarber, Hoskins probably until Harper comes back. Only Dave Roberts doesn't bat Turner lead off. That's true. Although the third was nice for uh, nice for RBIs last year, he went he went 100 100 in runs in RBIs last year. That was yeah. uh, it was hard to hard to not be happy with that. Oh yeah, I agree. Uh, fun that? fact, by the okay, way, good, uh, please. You know, I had to throw away. I think I tweeted this out, but I'm going to repeat it anyhow. Freddie Freeman had more stolen bases than uh, Mookie Betts did last year. Yeah, I mentioned Mookie Betts had the zero in September. That's why, but yeah, I was uh, I was surprised by that too. I uh, Betts felt like he was really really good last year, but it was more the home runs than it was the stolen bases. Mm-hmm. And the slump kills everything, you know. That when you're not getting on base at all, you don't run. Yeah, he ended up hitting 269. He kind of fell off, uh, fell off late. I think I had to, look, I had yeah. to look at that. But 35 home runs, it's still and 117 runs, it still worked out. So great, well. yeah. yeah. Uh, how are you on uh, on Xander Bogarts? ADP is 86, moving to San Diego. Um, 
It's one of those guys that I, I always struggle with because I think maybe he's better in real baseball than fantasy baseball. Last year, he was 15 home runs, 73 RBIs, and eight stolen bases. Not super exciting. He did hit 307. Obviously, batting average is a category. That's big. Only over 23 home runs once in his career, and that was the uh, that was the happy fun ball 2019 year. Um, hair hit rate was under 40%. Barrel rate was down at 6.5%. Uh, K rate's good. Swing strike was up a little bit. I just uh, – I have a hard time paying the price on there. I love him as a player, but I, in fantasy wise, I just always feel like I'm a little underwhelmed. I don't think Petco helps him. Um, yeah. uh, maybe it doesn't kill him, but it definitely doesn't help him. Uh, in the last three years, he's got an OPS of 88 or 80. Uh, yeah. 88 points higher at home than on the road. Now you take him out of Fenway and put him in Petco. Eh. I don't know. I don't like that. Counting stats will be better on the other hand because he's got an r- amazing lineup around him. Uh, but I guess if you're not, but maybe not if you, you know, if you, you're getting fewer hits and definitely fewer power hits. Yeah. If you just look at park factor last three years on Savant, the rolling average, uh, Red Sox is the third best park. Petco's the 29th best park. Yeah. So maybe it hurts him even more than yeah. I'm giving it credit for. And I know, uh, I know it's not as quick. The home runs aren't huge at Fenway, but the overall run scoring environment's really good. The Fenway is like middle of the pack in home runs, but uh, you know Petco's twentieth in home runs over the last three years. It's uh, it's not great. It just I think Xander's really good. I just don't know fantasy wise if he's that great. His ADP is not. It kind of reflects that. Eighty six is not a uh, yeah he's kind of, way he's, low. He's kind of slipped down. He was a you know third of third fourth, third or fourth rounder there for a couple of years. Um, I think eighty six probably about the right price. I just never find myself being super excited about him. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, it just yeah, it, it it's because wasn't he like about fourth round last year? Uh, it sounds about right. I have to look it up, but I think that sounds about right to me. He was and he was coming off of here at two ninety five with twenty three bombs, mm-hmm. uh, fifteen home runs, eight stolen bases is tough. If you're you gotta he's got he's got to hit three hundred for that to happen. Well, and we're in an era where we have so many good shortstops too. Yeah, um, that at least top heavy shortstops. It does drop off at some point, but. Uh, you know, he's going as shortstop 11 right now. Wander Franco is going ahead of him, at least since January 1st. Okay, so I, I don't get that. What am I what am I missing here? Because I, I know he's a super prospect and all that, but I, he's, I mean, people are just really betting on the power coming. I mean, he had he had no pop last year. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a hard hit rate. He didn't hit the ball hard. His barrel rate's under 5%. I know he's this stud prospect. He's probably going to end up really good, but, you know, we're talking redraft fantasy. I just don't see that price on Franco. Franco uh, I'm in lockstep with you on this yeah. one here. Um, I... Yeah, I, I think the one draft I did uh, that, uh, you know, or the the, uh, the one gladiator draft I did, Franco went a lot later. Uh, he went at like pick, where did he go? Uh, he went at pick uh, 117, which okay. is proper. I mean, yeah. that's about right. That, that's, that's good. Uh, like, I give me Dansby over Bogarts and Franco. Um, Tommy Edmund goes ahead of him. I don't think I agree with that. Because uh, I don't think it's a lock that Tony Edmund leads off, and if he doesn't lead off, I think he gets hurt a lot uh, by every you know in, across the board. But like Tim Anderson you, goes after Bogarts, and I'd give me Anderson. If you take Franco at his ADP eighty six, are you expecting him to hit? I'm not going to. So, yeah. I know. I've been, I'm saying if you are, like, what do you think is the rationale? Like, you're expecting he's going to be he's such a stud prospect that's all going to come at once. Are you expecting some some this, the stolen base to pop up, the home runs? I just don't know where you're. Where you're kind of banking, you're, I guess you, may, you hope he hits 315 or something like that. I don't know. I think it's one of those he commands the strike zone so well. Or yeah, he's he awesome had, at that. Um, that everything else follows at some point in time. It's kind of like the stud generational Vlad Guerrero prospect thing, except writ yeah. smaller. Um, but yeah, I mean, he has to do, he either has to hit for more power or he has to run. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, maybe he's, he's close he's on both. Never done either, though. Yeah. The thing is, he was smoking the ball in the first six weeks of the season last year. And then he got hurt and he dropped off. Um, Franco, that is. Uh, he was. Yeah. He was I, you're, you're right. He was really good in April. He had uh, hit four home runs and th- hit 313. So, I mean, the power was. The power was there earlier in the year. It's just yeah. uh, maybe he was never healthy. But, yeah, I mean, I think at some point he's going to be really, really, really good, and he's obviously a stud keeper guy. But, man, I, in redraft, I just don't see it at the price. Yeah. Um, I, but what if he goes – okay, well, no, I'm not even going to go there. Go, I was going to suggest maybe spring training narratives, but um, <laughs> I probably I don't think you're the type of person that would be swayed by the spring training. Was your narrative, narrative like he comes in 25 pounds heavier and hitting jacks in spring training? Or well, what, that uh, – you know, okay, 25 pounds heavier – and then follow that, you know, you're getting exit velocities that follow. Sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's one thing, but just the like, Oh, he's hitting 375 and yeah. all that. Yeah. Line drives, and, to and all, line drives to all fields. You can, you can almost see the headline now. Yeah. I'm going to need, you know, I'm going to need the, the best, best shape of his life writ yeah. large uh, yeah. for that to work. I was, uh, I was a fade last year and I'm going to be a fade again at the price. I just don't think I'm going to, I think there's going to be someone that likes him two mm-hmm. rounds earlier than me in almost, almost every draft. And, it's funny. We talk about Bogarts. The other guy next is Carlos Correa kind of falls in that same range, like awesome yep. real world player. But then you look at the stats and you're like, it's just never really that exciting. He's got, uh, he has 26 home runs once. And that was in 2020. Never hit 30 home runs. Uh, hard hit rate and barrel rate were actually pretty promising last year. Though. It was 45% hard hit rate, 11 and percent barrel. So maybe it's coming around 22 home runs hit 291. Uh, that was probably his, his best, like, overall fantasy year since he's not stopped running obviously he had a couple the, the first rookie year was obviously really good he stole a lot but um he hasn't stolen bases 2019 either yeah um That's, yeah it, it's not great yeah i mean the fantasy world's been ahead of this a little bit for I mean, sure i don't think it's been you know because it's been a long time since he's run and it's been a long time since he's made it through a fully healthy season blah 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 um yeah i great defender but that doesn't help us yeah. um Oh, the, the ADP is one fifteen. I feel like that's maybe maybe actually the right price for the for for this yeah. year. Like that's actually like usually I'm like ah he's too high, but I think at one fifteen, um, when I look at some of the kind of some of the gains he made in hard contact, I, I do think that maybe we're finally at the right price with Korea. I could find I can see myself taking him for the first time in a while. Yeah, uh, that's by the way, there that's shortstop fifteen among shortstop wow. eligible players. Shortstops uh, are right good. behind his old team, Jeremy Pena. But and just barely ahead of Ahmad Rosario, so uh, it's an interesting spot. It's interesting because there's a, actually a pretty decent drop off after that. Yeah, you're right. It's always kind of a stud. What you're saying is get one of the first fifteen. Yeah, maybe even two. So uh, you you were very in on Swanson last year, Dansby Swanson, uh, moving from Atlanta to Chicago. Uh, are you back in this year for another uh, another round of He was good for me last year. Time to get back in. Sure. At this price. Yeah. He's, he's shortstop nine pick 78. Yeah. yeah I'm in. I, yeah, I, yeah. I wish he stayed in Atlanta. Um, I, it's, I, I will say if, if you uh, listen to our friends, uh, my friends, Glenn Colton, Rick Wolf, their rules of engagement, don't get a player in his first year of his contract year. Um, Does that go for only if you change teams or anybody who signs, like, will they be out? I on think ju- more will they be the, out on judge then or no, no, I think more okay. change teams, uh, but maybe, Maybe. I mean, but, and it, I think change teams with, which encompasses trades, trade and then signs too, like Lindor. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think, it, but yeah, it's, 
the whole idea is he's finally you can finally relax. You got that big deal a little bit. So I get it a little bit. Um, but then again, that is a discounted rate off of his production. Yeah. He's been worth more than pick 78. Yeah, I mean, he had 18 steals last year. He's never had more than 10. I mean, if he keeps up the running, he's 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 definitely worth that price. It's just a matter if he steals 10 or 20, and that's that makes a huge difference. Yeah, and the I mean, I will say, I mean, the Cubs lineup is nowhere nowhere near as good as the uh, yeah. Braves. Nor is in the ballpark. Sometimes can be as good. Sometimes can be yeah. way worse. Uh, he's going to have to deal with Atlanta. Uh, I mean, with uh, April and May weather in Chicago, and that's going to be huge. Uh, so maybe in trade leagues, trade for him in the summertime. So that's a good segue because my next uh, my segment is on guys who got traded. With the first mm-hmm. one I want to talk to you about, we had the uh, we had the catcher trade. We're going to leave out the Manny Pena part of this trade because I think it's pretty irrelevant for our fantasy uh, leagues. But uh, Sean Murphy <laughs> was traded from the A's to the Braves. I still don't know why we got Manny Pena back in the deal, deal but uh, William Contreras went from the Braves to the Brewers in that deal. Um, interesting enough, they're just about the same ADP. Them and uh, Will Sun Contreras are kind of all in the the one ten to one fifteen range, right in there. Uh, Sean Murphy last year was 18 for 18 home runs, 66 RBIs in a horrible offense, hit 250. Wilson or William Contreras was 278, uh, 20 home runs, and only 376 plate appearances. Uh, where do you fall on these two guys? If you're in this range with all three of those guys, you can throw Wilson Contreras in the mix too. Do you have one you prefer a lot? Where do you kind of come down to this catchers? I, I mean, I like both Murphy and Contreras here. I mean, they both land in good spots. And yeah. Contreras now has a clearer path to playing time. Huge. Uh, I think, and Murphy too is going to be fine with the playing time. And they do have, and Darno is a legitimate counterpart, but they'll find, they found ways to make it work last year. But, you know, Contreras had suffered a little bit. Murphy's not going to sit like that. No, they didn't, um, they didn't trade for Murphy to play 85 games. Right. Uh, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then Murphy improves lineup and ballpark. Uh, yeah. I, I like it a lot. And then didn't he uh, sign after that too? Uh, I think he did one of those Atlanta deals that, you know, always looks good to the team. Yeah. They somehow always make, always make that happen. Yeah. Six years, 73 million. Um, Of course the guy also got $73 million. So I don't feel too bad for his discounted deal. No, I mean, and it's it's always the case with these guys. As a catcher too. Like you just never know how long that's going to be. I mean, I I don't fault him too much for that. So, yeah. And so, and and Contreras, he's getting, get a lot of playing time in Milwaukee. Uh, You know that. And a reasonable place to hit. Uh, you know, you know, roof open versus roof closed. Uh, you know, they got those splits again. And I, I think it's always roof closed is good there. Yeah. Uh, whereas in Houston, it's the other way around. Um, I always get that, get that struggle with that. Um, your A's got estuary Ruiz. I think he's the big name in that one there. Um, maybe Kyle Muller too is kind of important, but it still felt light in the, in the trade. It did. I, as I always do, whenever the A's uh, dump, I'd run over to James Anderson and tell him to give me a full uh, report. And it, uh, I think his impression was it felt a little bit light too, which is, you know, what the, what the A's do. Uh, you know, Mullo, I think is maybe uh, if it works out a, a good SP three kind of guy on a team. And then Ruiz is, I don't know. He's, uh, he's fast. Obviously he can play defense, but I they're going to play him in center field is their plan right now, mm-hmm. which means maybe they've fully given up on Christian Pache already, who was like one of the main pieces of the Matt Olson deal. And, and, and I think Pache is out of options too. So they'd have to like, play him or cut i don't even know what they're gonna do there but it seems like uh doesn't seem great for a guy you just traded for a year ago that's all right they got shay langliers in that deal they're fine that's why they didn't need Contreras back in the deal i don't even want to talk about it I'm sorry. um I, that, that 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 came across as trolling i'm sorry no it's it's it's, it's troll it's away because cr- they're they're embarrassing it's, it's criticism actually yeah uh, i like Contreras. i like william Contreras a lot here look at how much he just hit the ball so hard 46 percent hard hit rate 13 and a half percent barrel i mean the guy just mashes 
20 home runs and 376 playing players. You got to figure he's going to play a lot more in Milwaukee. Um, I like this range, him and the, him and Wilson uh, and uh, and Sean Murphy. If I'm going to get a catcher, uh, this is probably the spot I'm going to do it. Yeah. Uh, the Brewers, I mean, they, they make some interesting trades. I mean, they landed Adamas in a pretty good deal, although pitcher they gave up turned out to be pretty good too. But, uh, you know, it's uh, in- interesting how they've – and they added like they gave – they were the team that gave Rowdy Telez a chance. Uh, but they've kind of had this weird off season. You know, they traded away uh, Hunter Renfro. And we're like, ah, what are they doing? Um, I still kind of like, what are they doing? Because they're they're kind of committed to Garrett Mitchell and Tyrone Taylor as two of their starting outfielders. Yeah. Uh, but then they added Jesse Winker in the that deal uh, uh, with the Mariners. Uh, opened up second base for Urias. It, it's an interesting mix, but I kind of feel like they're 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 just as always one big player light. Um, yep. They're never in on the big free agents. Um, that, that's that's always my criticism with the Brewers. In a yeah. division where it can still be had. And they still, I mean, they got the studs up front, but they still have Eric Lauer and Wade Miley in that rotation, and that is just, uh, that's tough 40% of your starts. So, yeah. It depends, it, depends if, it depends if Ashby ends up starting or relieving or what happens there, too. See, I think they're going to go six-man like they did last uh, year. Makes sense. Um, and Lauer is fine. I like Lauer. Um, I, I think he's a fine fourth starter. I, I don't think he's much better than that, but he's fine as your fourth. Yeah, looking at his numbers, I think that's fair. I was probably a little too dismissive of him. It's uh, yeah. it's not as not as bad as I, I think of Eric. I mean, I guess it depends a lot of what Freddie Peralta can give them too. I think that's probably a lot of that's up in the air too. Yeah, no kidding. Was uh, the Adamasio's that Drew, Drew Rasmus? Is that who they got in the deal? Um, Is that yeah. the pitcher you, pitcher you mentioned? Okay, no, yeah. Um, another big catcher trade. Um, Toronto and Arizona made a deal. Lourdes yeah. Ariel and Gabri- Gabe Moreno going to Arizona. Dalton Varsho headed to Toronto. Dalton Varsho is fully, fully drafted right now, Jeff. ADP is uh, 37 right now. Um, coming off uh, coming off a year, we hit 27 home runs and 16 stolen bases. A really good year. Obviously, a really good year for somebody who's catcher eligible. One more year of catcher eligibility. It, 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 very, it seems pretty clear that he will not be catcher eligible next year. But he right. is this year, and that's all that matters. Uh, what do you think about Varsho at the ADP? So Toronto made a big deal about improving their outfield defense. And the interesting thing about a guy that's catcher eligible, he's actually a plus defensive center fielder or a plus defensive outfielder. It's a pretty good, pretty good athlete right there. Yeah, really good athlete. Um, some concerns about his platoon split. Um, but And Toronto wanted to get more left-handed also. If you look, they were really right-handed before. They, they may have mixed in a token lefty, but it, it was always like Biggio. You know, it's like, it's, yeah. you know, they, they need to get a real left-handed hitter. So they feel like they did that in Varsho. Toronto, and they also added Kevin Kiermeyer, who's going to play center fielder for at least 67 games this year. And then we'll see how many others he can get stay healthy for. But, uh, and they also added Brandon Belt. So you, you see that they wanted to add a little bit of balance here. Uh, they also, they made a big emphasis on outfield defense and the defense, and they're changing their dimensions in the outfield. Uh, they're changing the fences. Some are going in, but up. It's Others funny because the, the one spot where this is really different, right center field is coming in like 20 feet. And then I know it goes up a little bit to like 14 feet, but right center field, when I looked at that, looking at the one spot, that might be a big difference. Yeah. So again, uh, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird setup there for them. They're, they're kind of committing to Whit Merrifield playing, although I guess the Spino can play some second too. Uh, and Springer finally gets out of center field, which is probably good for him and for them both. So where do you fall on where do you fall on Varsho with the price? Obviously, stolen bases at catcher are gold. Uh, he had also hit 27 home runs. You look at his his contact stuff is not overly impressive. Hard hit rate's really low, 35%, but the barrel rate was pretty good. So when he gets it, he really gets it. Moves to a stacked lineup, obviously, moving uh from Arizona to Toronto. 
my guess is I won't get there in the third round, but uh, I, I get I get the theory with that with that kind of speed power combo catcher. So yeah, third round seems heavy. That said, I got him towards the end of the fourth round in oh. my gladiator contrast at pick fifty three, which is my first Varsho share ever. I've never been on him. I, I feel like me. And that's another thing. It's like, like one of those psychological tendency things. Like, do you feel the need to make up for when you've missed out on a player or when you've undervalued a player? Do you want to write that wrong or do you want to double down? Did you, how many teams were those, uh, with their gladiator team? Was it 12 team? Uh, 15. Oh, they were 15. All right. I was going to say, I didn't know if the, that, if they were 12, that fourth round, that's a really good price. Pick 53. 53. And that was after he got traded too, right? Um, I don't remember. When no, it was before. Oh, that probably, um, probably helped you. I'm sure the price has gone up I, since then. I did a December 15th, I think. I think it was when we did the draft. All right. Um, and I think the, the trade happened between Christmas and New Year's, right? If I'm not mistaken. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, another trade in Toronto. Our uh, friend of the podcast, Teoscar Hernandez, got dealt to Seattle. Oh. And immediately I have uh, I have Jesse Winker nightmares as you go from uh, you go from uh, a, a really good park or actually a decent park but you look at Seattle is really bad there look at park factors on Savant over the last three years it is dead last in the in runs uh, in run environment and 18th at home runs uh, Tiasco regressed a little bit last year I think we kind of expected that some but still at 25 home runs only six stolen bases hit 267 uh, still hits the ball hard though 53 percent hard contact. Barrel rate was up to 15%. Just stung the ball still pretty well, but the K's got K's went back up, which is a big problem. But back up to uh, 28.5%. Swing strike rate's big at 15%. How do you feel about uh, our friend Teoscar? New new ADP last year was about the 2-3 turn was about pick 30. This year we're pick 71. Are you uh, are you back at that price? Does Seattle scare you as a ballpark? Where do you kind of fall with him? I mean, it scares me as a ballpark, but you're, you're getting the discount, right? Um, yes. Uh... I think I'm okay with that. So the outfielder right below him is Eloy Jimenez, and I'll take Eloy ahead of him. I uh, I think that I have to think Eloy goes up before March. I think if he's healthy, just that power upside is huge. He, I mean, you look at his hard contact stuff; it's it's off the chart. He's really good. He was he just, basically the one hitter that didn't slump down the stretch for him. He was the opposite. He was hot, um, but he was a frustrating batter to own for yep. quite a bit of the season last year too. So, and because he couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, and he had it, some of those where like you didn't know he's going to play, and you had to use him, and then he sat, and it was like yep. it was not like he's out for two weeks. He was like it was kind of question mark. It was there was some tough weeks in there, and then you sat him, and he played, of and course. you yeah. produced on your bench. Yeah, all that you got whipsawed a little bit there, so that is a problem. But I'm going back to the well on Eloy. He's someone I believe in the skills on. Uh, others around him, uh, a couple of more below, or, or Corbin Carroll and George Springer. A couple above him are Schwarber and Adelise Garcia. It's an interesting bunch so, there. That's a fun range. Yeah, I really like that range. Um, are you uh, are you a Corbin Carroll uh, person? I know there's people that are super Corbin Carroll people that are just kind of blah. But are you a super Corbin Carroll guy? I am a yes, I am a Corbin Carroll guy. Yeah. Yes, I've read uh, read and heard some stuff recently. As I've started to get get into it. There's some people who uh, who think it's it's going to be coming and coming fast with with Carroll, and obviously yeah. he's a huge prospect. But there's some stuff that uh, some of the like the exit velocity and stuff that shows that, and he's so fast too. He's fun that to was just to yeah. say fast is the operative term. That, I sure- that first to third stuff with him was nuts last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, it's stuff you like to see. If he starts making better contact, harder contact, more often contact. Look out! He could be he could be special. Yeah, and I like he got up for that first time through last year, got that out of the system, and can hit yep. ground. That's a that's a really fun outfield range right there. It is. 
I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna be taking some guys in that in that range there. Uh, let's see a few more guys before we jump out of here. Uh, probably the biggest surprise to me in terms of like overall contract this year was Brandon Nimmo in New York. Um, I did not think he was gonna get 160 million. He got eight years from the Mets, 160 million. I thought that was huge. I really like Brandon Nimmo too. I think he's a real. It's a real world kind of thing. He's a really good outfielder. He leads off. He gets yeah. on base, but. Fantasy wise, ADP is 167. Last year, it's 16 home runs, three stolen bases. So he doesn't run, even though he leads off, but does score scored a lot of runs, scored 102 runs. Uh, are you uh, are you a Brandon Nimmo and fantasy guy? I, I usually am, but I think the price at 167 feels like maybe it's a little bit high, um, a little bit hype for me this year. I found Nimmo on my rosters a lot in the past, but you I got him for a lot just cheaper. Couldn't, just couldn't help yourself, could you? You keep doing, you keep doing, think you can do these things, Scott, but you can't. I like, uh, I like that. I like as we go old, you're still in your game. I like that. Oh man, I, I cannot pass up Brandon Nimmo, uh, you know, comment there. No, so, but he used to go like pick three hundred. Yeah, I, I used to, I used to love him. There, I'm like a little batting average, a little bit of runs, a little bit of pop is great. But now you're talking about a eleventh round pick, and I just I don't think I'll be in for that one. No, I probably won't either. Um, I, yeah, get, you know, I, I get him in my score sheet leagues. He's a, he's a great you know on base. Like you said, there's the divide between real life and fantasy, and he's also been hurt a lot in the past too. So. Were you yeah, surprised by his years? Player. Good is, for him for getting paid, but yeah. Were you surprised by his years and, and overall value in that? I mean, Cohen's going to win. I mean, I, I think yeah. you overpay for the short term and, you know, you deal with it in the long term. And, you know, it just, unless Major League Baseball has like a strict Raconian salary cap, he's going to keep doing these sort of things. And good. It's better for baseball when, play, when owners want us to spend on this. Uh, yeah, I can, as an A's fan, I can certainly get on board with that because we do the complete opposite. We mentioned Jose Abreu earlier, um, weird power year for him. Only 15 home runs. He signed with the Astros three years, 58 and a half million. ADP is about 90 right now. Did hit 304 last year. So it was helpful there, but 680 played appearance, only 15 home runs, but it's a weird profile. You, you look at the hard hit rate was up. His barrel is down a little bit, but still nine and a half percent. Then you look at home runs for fly ball, which usually, uh, you know, his career is like 18%. He was 9.6% last year. Do you kind of think that Abreu is kind of a fluky down home run year? Are you worried about the pop? Uh, where are you on Jose Abreu moving to the the hated Astros? I don't hate the Astros like you do, but um, <laughs> I do. I'm worried. I, I know he gets the Crawford boxes. I, I, I mean, you mentioned the power drought in the second half last year. Maybe that cover the Crawford boxes help him a little bit, but. Uh, you know, he, he's Chris List has always been anti Abreu because he's an accumulator. He's one of those guys that gets there by volume. And I think that's, I think there's some truth to that. Um, I think that there might be clip potential. I think, you know, yes, that you might have more home runs, but it's not a great overall park to hit in. Whereas Chicago was, and I think he's going to get hurt by that a little bit. Great lineup though. I don't I was know. Just it's, it's a trade off. Who does Abreu hit fifth and Kyle Tucker hit sixth there? God, are, and are then does that mean Payton? Does, does that mean Payton had freaking seventh? Um, because Brantley Brantley hit second while he's healthy. I mean, that'll be a short amount of time, but he gets on base a ton, and then you go Bregman, Alvarez, Abreu. I mean, it's hard to find any place to move up until someone gets hurt. That is tilting to think yeah. about that. T- the Tucker part is the part that bothers me. Uh, right, yeah, right now roster resource list is just like that. Uh, Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, Jordan, Abreu, Tucker, Pena. Make, I'll say this. Okay, I'm going to get a lot of Jordan Alvarez if I can this year. Oh, right dude, in the man. middle of that lineup. Dude, oh. freaking mashes. Yeah. Oh, I was, uh, I was 
I was everywhere I could get him last year. What's the what is he in the first round right now? Oh yeah. Um I think he is. Oh he's yeah, ninth ninth overall right now. Yeah. Uh I took him over Freddie and uh Mookie in one draft recently. Um no how about uh, how about a sixty percent hard hit rate with a twenty one percent barrel last year? That's pretty nuts. <laughs> I mean those aren't I mean that we talk about good numbers and those are so far above the good numbers we talk about. That's just that's insane. That's nuts. Yeah, and I he goes ahead of Soto and I I think I would take him ahead of Soto. I did not do so in that gladiator draft. Uh, that was, but that was before I, I feel more strongly about this now than I did then, obviously. God, he went 17th in that draft. Oh, I, I feel great shame for making that decision. But anyways, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about Soto, by the way. Um, uh, so tell me, cause I, I look at him and I'm like, Oh, 10th. I'm, I'm all over that. But why, what makes you worry about Soto? I, I, I want to hear that. Um, ballpark. You know, he did not hit that great for the Padres. He did not. Um, it's a tough park. I mean, a great lineup, but he, he said, again, if you're playing OBP league, well, okay, that's a different conversation. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think he takes too many pitches. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, when you walk 20% of the time, it's great for your team, but it just, there's no way around the fact that it's bad for us for fantasy. Yeah. Uh, he'll score a lot of runs. Yeah. He'll get you. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you can build that way, but I think ha- had I been in that spot again, I would have taken, I would have taken Alvarez ahead of uh, Soto for sure. Um, I probably would have taken Shohei ahead of him. And, you know, the Mookie and Vlad versus uh, versus Soto is a tougher conversation now. Would you take those two guys over Bobby Witt, who goes uh, – AEP's like nine right now, but he's like seventh in the rankings. In the ADP uh, he, he, I think I'd probably take Witt because of the stolen bases and the multi-position eligibility. Any worries about how slow the last few months were last year? moderate i mean i i just kind of feel like this is a pedigree you know it's a pedigree pick i don't know i mean it's kind of yeah, stupid of me to hold soto's last two months and not wits though yeah although um, you know first time he played a full full major league season maybe just kind of tired there maybe he's maybe i think there were some reports he's a little banged up down the stretch a little bit too but uh i need to probably uh i need to probably get that out of my mind because i'm still holding on to that from him being on my team last year and struggling late so i need to i need to freshen oh, that you need to dig in and see if it's legit yeah, for sure yeah, don't use that as a soul barometer, but see if, sure. like, okay, that was something that did he get found out or did he just get worn down? So, uh, finally, before I jump out of here, two more free agent signings and they kind of go together. Both guys uh, signed from Japan, one a pitcher, one an outfielder. Uh, Kode Senga signed with the Mets five years, 75 million. ADP is about 187 right now. Uh, have you looked into this at all? I know that he throws the ghost fork pitch, which sounds uh, <laughs> sounds really fun to root for. I watched some clips of it. Uh, I think it was probably on Pitching Ninja. It looks pretty nasty. It looks like kind of like a Hideo Nomo uh, uh, when he had that splitter when he first came over. Uh, throws hard. He threw uh, average fastball last year. was like 95-96, touched 98-99. Uh, obviously, was really good in, in Japan in terms of uh, the ERA and stuff. Uh, do you have any feel on Senga? Have you looked into this at all? It's always hard to always hard to value these guys who come over. You just never know how, how guys are fully going to adapt. Well, yeah. And durability is a concern, obviously, you know, going as uh, throwing more innings. I think it's interesting to see like the projected systems, like the bat has them at 133, ATC's got them 145 innings, Steamer's got them at 156. I mean, that, that that's 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 a little light in innings projected, but then again, it's a, it's a big unknown. Uh, ADP, you know, at that price, so pick, pick 188. I mean, you're not paying like you Darvish prices, you know, you nope. Darvish coming over for the first time prices. So I think I'll be in on that price. Yeah. Really? Uh, you know, good. Should be a good team. Score some runs. Yeah, too, great so park to pitch in. Good park yeah. to pitch. And I, uh, I think I kind of like that. DAP. I mean, obviously you get, you get some unknown there, but I think, I think your point was, was key. I think the, the price is where it's like, you know, you can deal with a little bit of unknown because 
everybody else you're picking at that point is you, you've got some you've got some known that's uh, that's negative. That's why that they're priced. I think that's but here. Uh, that works. But I will say, he he threw, you know he if he is he pitching in the WPC by the way. Do you know? Uh, I don't know if he is or not, but uh, I don't yeah. either. But if he does well there, or you see some spring training highlights yeah. with the ghost pitch, uh, the, ghost, ADP, the ghost fork, yeah, it's going to it will it will rise. Prices will rise. Uh, he'll go over. He'll he'll probably jump he twenty five. Uh, he's 50 not spots. on the uh, Japan WWBC roster. Good cat. Good good quick research. Appreciate Thank you for that. It's what uh, it's what I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounds like he's not on the. I've seen a couple of reports he's not on the roster, so I, I imagine probably uh, you know kind of getting used to the new uh, new league and all that. He probably figured it was probably uh, probably a good idea to to skip that one. How do you feel about the WBC? I think it's fun. Um, makes it harder for us, but aside from that, like who cares about us? But secondly, uh, you know, it's harder from us as prognosticators and players. But it's fun to watch the competition. It I, is. There is no good time to have the WBC. Is the problem. Um, that's the big issue. I really like it too, but I would hate it in the middle of the season. So I'm glad they don't do that. Right. There's no, and after the season guys are, you know, they're hurt and resting up. You're right. There's no good spot to put it. Yep. Um, you get some guys that can pitchers that get hurt by trying to ramp up too quickly for it. Uh, yeah. It's a long season too. You know, it's just, it's more stressful innings that they are, you know, stressful, another stressful month that they have to deal with. Uh, yeah, the report is that he's going to spend time in St. Lucie kind of getting used to his surroundings and teammates and all that, so that uh, he is definitely not uh, not playing the WC. The other guy I want to ask you about here is uh, Masataka Yoshida, who's coming over and playing for the uh, Red Sox. He is an outfielder that uh, kind of jumped on the page when you look when the, when the production reject, projections came out. Steamer has him at uh, some really good numbers. Uh, they got him hitting 298 with a 140 WRC+, plus, which puts him like among the, among the really high-level players. Uh, he's a contact guy with a little bit of pop, uh, but never strikes out. He had 42 strikeouts and 82 walks last year in the uh, in the Japanese league. Uh, the bat X has him at 283. Steamer has him at 298. So it looks like a really low uh, low strikeout guy, average guy, maybe a little bit of pop, no speed. Um, there was some negative. He signed for five years, 90 million. A couple of scouts that came out and said like the Red Sox like overpaid like two times overplayed what they should have paid for him. Uh, ADP is 207. Chance he leads off as a kind of a contact OBP guy. Uh, how do you feel about Yoshida in uh, moving over to Fenway? I mean, he, uh, from all – there was some, like, talk about him being uncomfortable batting leadoff, too, or something like that, which you don't want to hear. But um, I wish he were batting leadoff in front of the Red Sox lineup from two years ago. There, uh, There is that, one. right? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the hard part is that he doesn't, there's no Trevor story. Like that just, that puts a, such a big hole in the eye. So you got no, what? No JD, no Bogarts. No. God, I'm looking at that. That lineup is impossibly bad. I can't believe it. So right now, roster resources looked real quick as Yoshida, uh, Kiki Hernandez, Devers, Justin Turner, Verdugo, Duvall, Cassis, Mondesi, McGuire. That is a rough Red Sox lineup. You, not, so you haven't seen that, that level of Red Sox lineup in a while. Yeah, I mean the story thing really is big there. I mean it begat the Duval signing, so they wouldn't have to play uh, Kike in center. Um, ugh, they they really don't want Jaron Duran to play. By the way, well, uh, that, that, they really don't want him to play, do they? Yeah, I mean we all remember that that effort he made oh, emphasis yes. on the word effort on that I, inside the park homer. I do remember uh, the effort? Now I had not thought about that, but I do remember. I remember we talked about the effort. Yeah, that was. Yeah. It's not not ideal. Does Bobby Dalback is does not play? Is he does he do he in Cassis like platoon or what happens there? If Cassis sits, that's a crime. Okay. Cassis needs to play, I think. Just 
let him suffer, let them struggle against some lefties before writing him off as a platoon player all the way. I'm a, I'm a big uh, believer in that, by the way. I hate when guys don't get to hit lefties that never have got a chance to not hit lefties. Right. Uh, but I think they didn't want to commit to Christian Arroyo playing every day. So I think that was part of it. Um, and then, you know, that's why they, I mean, part of why they went out and got Mondesi, I should say. Uh, so gross, gross, by the way, he's terrible. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> I, I don't ha- I have a very modest projection for him. I don't think he plays a lot. They already said he's not going to be ready for start. Uh, you know, it, he's not sure if he's going to be ready for opening day, which means he's not going to be ready for opening day. He's such a fast healer. He'll be fine. <laughs> um, he's fast. He is fast. He's really fast. Uh, la- I had a bunch of guys on this, but I think we're about done. Last guy I want to ask you about, uh, Cody Bellinger moving to the Cubs. Uh, are you are you out for good? Are you back in? Uh, this last two years have been mm-hmm. absolutely brutal. He's been a different player. You look at strikeout rate up like ten percent the last two years than it was the two years before that. Hard hit rates is not, is not high. Didn't hit the ball hard anymore. Strikes out a lot. Do you think we have a uh, a career resurgence at all for Bellinger? Uh, are you leaving it alone? ADP is one eighty five. I've passed on him so far. Okay. Um, I'm not I'm not vehemently firmly out on him, but seems like he's been found out and hasn't fixed it. I, I don't know. I mean, the Dodgers are a really smart organization, and they gave up. Fully gave up. Could have just gotten uh, signed back for a year and fully gave up. Yep. They threw their hands in the air like they just don't care. And uh, I think I'm letting somebody else take them and call it a day. Yeah, I, I, too. I remember the whole belly versus yelly thing, and <laughs> yelly is the answer, but it really the answer was neither. Yeah, I remember there was a time last year in the preseason I was like, I'm really interested in taking both those guys in the turn. Luckily, I took neither of them. But uh, I guess Yelich stole 19 bases at least. But, man, 14 home runs, that's not – and 250, that's not going to help me very much either. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. Any of these other new guys in in new places you want to talk about? There's other guys that have signed, but those are kind of the really interesting ones to me. Uh, There's only so much I can talk about Andrew Benintendi, to be honest with you. But uh, (laughs) – Michael Conforto in, in San Francisco. I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm a no go there. Off a, a full year off, and then moving into a, a really tough park for lefty power. Yeah, I just want to mention San Francisco because you know they thought that they were going to have this new revamped team with, you know, based on Correa at shortstop, and instead uh, and, 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 and Judge in right field. You mean? Yeah. Well, I mean <laughs> that, they they moved on, and they they still got Brandon Crawford at shortstop instead. Uh, they, you know, they, they did some fun things that were nice. I mean, going in Hanniger, I liked. I, uh, I, really, I really like Hanniger. I was, I wish he'd gone almost anywhere else to hit, but at least it's a righty. But uh, I, his, his ADP is about, uh, I think I looked at it, it's 171. I think I'm okay at that price. I think that uh, he still hits yeah. the ball hard, hitting third. I think he's one of those guys that they probably won't platoon like they do a lot of other guys. I do. Uh, he'd be the one, the one guy in that lineup I think I might be in on, yeah. but I think the rest of it I'm probably, yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, you could do it in Seattle. You can do it in San Francisco. That's, That's a good point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and they, they re- re-signed Peterson. I like that they did that. Manaya and Stripling could work. I'm not huge on them, but they could work. And yeah, I, in, that, I think in, that that part, in that park, they could be serviceable, yeah. And I think that coaching staff maybe too, perhaps. Uh, are you a, are you a, a Tyro Garcia or a Tyro Estrada guy? Sure, why not? I, I I mean I think he's fine. I mean he does a little of everything. Qualifies both middle infield spots. That's good. Pretty uh, pretty popular. He's like a twelfth round pick in a fifteen teamer. Yeah, I mean he's the guy you get when you get locked out of the big names. And yeah, then, that's fair. You know, and the, that you're hoping like okay, well at least he can do something in each category a little bit there. He's not a zero in power. And he had 20 stolen bases, 21 stolen bases last year. I'd like, 30 take, this year. I'd like to take the under for a lot of money of 14 home runs, by the way. 
I probably do too. Yeah. I don't think uh, I think if you're okay with him hitting eight and you get the you get the speed, I think that works. But I just don't think I don't think he hit the ball very well. I don't think uh, I don't think that's coming back. Look at you, Mister. I don't do any research, and you're making bold calls in the first podcast. Anyhow, yeah, I guess got to keep you in your toes a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Just don't ask me about anybody not in the outline, and we're good. Mm-hmm. But uh, all I, right. I, I, I'm not going to quiz you on Shea Langoliers today or anything like that. Uh, I think you just struck out again while you asked me, but that's all right. Uh, that's all right. Has, see, also red lineup. Oh. <laughs> We'll, uh, as we get through the preseason here, we'll talk some Reds and the A's. But boy, is it uh, it's going to be rough for a uh, for a season where our football team has made it really far. Although today was bad, the Reds and A's are just a at least we have baseball to look forward to. Yay! <laughs> oh man, it's going to be. I think oh, we have fantasy baseball. I don't know what I'd do with baseball season if it was just pure. If it was just pure rooting interest right now. I'd be I'd be struggling to get fired up about it. This is the type of this type of management. Well, and at least you you're figurehead speaking person didn't go out and say we're running a nonprofit this year. So there's that. No, but. he just takes video of Las Vegas sporting events <laughs> and, and posted how great people in Las Vegas are. We're going to wind up each other on who had the more painful loss today <laughs> and who has the worst front office, uh, right? the worst ownership in baseball. Uh, oh my God. At least this your quarterback's, like, at least your quarterback's not going to have Tommy John. Yeah. Which quarterback? Um, <laughs> You're you're starting quarterbacks Trey Lance next year. Oh God, it's gonna be. I, I the only thing I'm not fired up about is another off season of talking about the 49ers quarterbacks. It's gonna last. Be last off season was brutal. I it depends on Purdy's MRI is the key. If he's uh, if that's a two two month injury like they're talking about, or not Tommy John, I think it's Purdy starts week one. Maybe shouldn't be should be Lance. Really, you think so? Huh? Yeah. I I, I, really, I really liked what I saw from Purdy the last seven weeks. He has moxie. I don't think he. I, I think he had a lot of hitters counts and did well on them, and that's he good. He did, and he has a coach who puts him in amazing spots. But uh, his coach also trusts him a lot more than he trusts the other two quarterbacks, which I thought meant that's a lot. true. That's fair. That's a good point. George Kittle coached, agrees with you. He coached. He coached Brock Purdy way different than Jimmy Garoppolo, and there is no way to refute that. He trusted Purdy way more. And yeah, and he should have. I mean, he should. have. I agree. He should have. But it just yeah. says a lot that. The guy who hasn't played, he, you could see that even that first game. You're like, oh my god, he's calling actually fun, interesting plays, and he trusts him to actually throw the ball more than six yards down the field. Well, Jimmy G doesn't trust himself to throw more than six down, yards it's down fair. the field. He passed up open looks. Uh, yeah, but whatever. My uh, my father, the father in law sent me a text you like earlier tonight. He said, he said, would the Niners ever lose a game if Joe Burrow was their quarterback? And I was like, that'd be pretty darn good. Yeah, he's awesome. He, he is, is awesome. awesome. I love yeah. my quarterback. That's uh, you, you guys lost, but that's a that's a good side. That's a good spot to be set for a lot of years in. Yep, I agree. Him, him and Chase are awesome. So, well, thanks everybody for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We will be at you uh, for many, many months here. I'm looking forward to it. I always love uh, talking to baseball with uh, with Jeff. We'll get into a lot of draft talk, a lot of player uh, player talk over these next couple of months before the season starts. If you have any questions, you want to follow us on Twitter. Jeff is at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jensted. We are usually on there uh, talking less football than we have been probably in the next few weeks, but uh, talking a lot of baseball, getting it ramped up, talking drafts. This is a, a really fun time of the year. So thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Jeff, anything else from you? No, uh, I'm just, I'm, this was good. I needed this. Uh, yeah, I did too. It felt, it feels good to be talking baseball. Yeah. I was, uh, I was grumpy earlier, so I feel better now. Yeah, me too. All right, cool. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back at, you, be back at you next Sunday night and every Sunday night through the rest of the baseball season. Take care. Hope everybody has a really good week. Take care. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. 
My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.